always better the year before. So no matter how the food was, the food was always better last year. And after you see that for about six summers, it's like we have a pattern here. And I was, I was really kind of ready to uh, uh, let the Hebrew people kind of have it for the lack of gratitude. But the more I got into it, the more I realized there's an interesting juxtaposition between how Moses responds and how God responds. Moses is just tired. It's like, I'm doing my best. And actually, I found a comic, and I wish this. Uh, how many of you uh, read Non Sequitur? So I was given this comic, and I just pulled it out of my, my pocket, and I wish I could have found it online to make a beautiful copy and put it up on the screen. But Moses is leading the Hebrew people, and they're, they're in the middle of this desert, and he's talking to this guy with a wagon right beside him. And he says, so he says, you can walk, you can, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And like an idiot, I say, you betcha. And it's in the caption is Moses at the halfway point. And you can bet Moses is like, when the people start complaining, Moses is thinking, why did I agree to this? What in the world was I thinking to say, I'm going to try to lead this people. And so Moses, when they start complaining, Moses says, what am I to do with this people? He doesn't say, God, what are you going to do for our people? But what am I supposed to do with this people? And this is often how we feel. What are we supposed to do as individuals with this group? First of all, we need to take ownership of who we are. And second of all, ultimately, God's the one who gives the grace to solve this problem. God's response to both the complaining about not having enough to eat is interesting. God doesn't say, I'm tired of this complaining. 
How could you be ungrateful? That's the response that I would expect. But that's not the response that God gives. God says, okay, we're going to have some bread laid down in the morning. And in the evening, quail's going to fly into your camp. And you're going to have meat to eat in the evening. And you're going to have bread to eat in the morning. And I'm doing this to test you to see whether or not you'll follow my ways. This is a very reasonable response. Isn't it? What does Jesus say to doubting Thomas? Thomas, who he's not present when everyone, all the other disciples are in the upper room and Jesus appears and Thomas is in there and they tell Thomas, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas says, say what? You know, unless, unless I put my finger in the hand and I put my hand in the side, I ain't believing. Not doing it. So Jesus comes back the next week. What's he do? What's he say? Okay, 40 lashes for Thomas, for doubting. What's he say? This is a test. Put your finger in the hand and put your hand in the side. Don't doubt but believe. There's no judgment here. It's just, okay, I'm here. What do you need to do to believe? We're good. God tells Moses, strike the rock. Water pours out of the rock, and the Hebrew people have enough to drink. Flash forward to about the year seven, uh, 30 CE, common era. And the priest would go and dip the water from that rock that had been flowing out from, this, from Gihon into, that would eventually form the pool Siloam. And take it up, this is on the Feast of Tabernacles, and he'd walk it up towards the temple, and he'd pour it on the ground, celebrating this act of God giving us water out of a rock. And that's when Jesus says on the side during this feast, those who are thirsty, come to me. Those who truly thirst, come to me and I will give you water that wells up. Right beneath the surface of this rock is living water. And it was there all the time. And the people didn't know it. And all we had to do is hit it with the staff, and water flows. How many of you in your lives have created a hard outer shell? Anybody? I know I'm the only one. You're all got soft, beautiful underbellies. It's like, here I am exposed to the world. Do your worst. Okay, so I'm the only one. We create these hard outer shells. And God is saying, you just need to tap that with the staff. You need to crack that hard exterior. And if you do, water is going to flow out of you.
living water, life-giving water. If you're hungry, ask. Give us this day our daily bread. This day. That comes from this passage. Every day is enough for that day. It's not, give us this day enough to hoard up for six months so that I don't have to worry. This is not the prayer. This is not, give us this day a storeroom so I can put so much in that I don't have to worry for the next six months. That's not the prayer we pray. There is a chapel, a Catholic chapel uh, in the south, and they've got a baptismal font that's uh, a rough-hewn stone upon which slaves used to be purchased. And the inscription on the stone is, upon this stone, men were sold into slavery. Upon this baptismal fountain, people are now made free. God wants to give us the water we need to drink and the bread we need to eat. And we keep asking, what do I have to do? Instead of looking to the grace that is already there, that God has put within us and under our feet. Do we have the courage to take those hard outer shells, those rock edifices we have created around our hearts and around our souls, and to take that staff and give it a good whack? Crack that exterior and let the flow of grace that God has put there already, it's already there. It's just waiting to flow. And I guarantee you, once you start helping children, we had a we, we have a, a guy at my last church that did something similar. He was a pilot and he was on this flight and it was so rough that people were literally, if they weren't buckled in, they were hitting the ceilings. And he felt really, yeah, it was really bad. He was hitting bad air pockets. And this one stewardess, um, she, she kind of got injured as she was trying to help, and she was talking about how she was flying to help these girls. And the expression was always, if you educate a boy, you educate a person. But if you educate a girl, you educate a family. Because they're the ones that pass the wisdom and the education. The living water was in him. He got so excited by this project, he brought it back. We ended up I don't know how many kids we ended up sponsoring, but it was, it went from, well, the goal was one because it was $2,500 to do because we did all 12 years in Tibet, Nepal, Bhutan. But we said, you know, if we can do one, certainly we can do three. And we did. The water is already there. All we've got to do is Find a way to crack that hard rock exterior. And then it doesn't matter. Last night, uh, there was a concert of healing. There's singing bowls and a didgeridoo and sounds and singing and, and Pam and Doug. Uh, I did a little flute. Uh, very little. Thank, thank God. 
Um, and what we wanted to do was we, we said we'd like to have Healing Touch teams be present for people who when they're ready they could go to the teams and not just to do the anointing and blessing which we do on the third Sunday but to do hands-on healing. And for the first half of the concert everybody just kind of stood and I mean they didn't stand in their seats. They sat in their seats. And then something happened about halfway through where one person went to one station then gave permission for somebody else and pretty soon, Mary, you said you had six people at your station? Yeah. We had people just going for healing. And one young woman came to me, and, and she, um, she says, I really want you to focus on my heart. And so as I was praying with her, there's a high heart, don't worry, I'm not doing anything inappropriate. There's a high heart blessing, you put your hand right here. And I could feel another hand on my hand. And I could sense that she had a loved one with her. And, and after we were done, I asked her, I said, did, did you lose someone recently? Because I thought it was a grandmother. And she said, my mom just passed. I said, well, your mom was here. Her hand was on my hand. And your mom's hand's going to be on the hand of those who, who hug you and love you. There is water underneath the hard rock all the time. When we open ourselves up and let it flow. I want you to think today about the areas that you can let that love out. And that you can let the love in. Because we protect ourselves in so many ways that harm us. If we strike the rock, God will give us living water. And that's good news. Amen.